I've been here for an hour. This episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, where adventure begins. Check out their website at gamersinlehigh.com. Not um, it's a Charlie and the Clockwork. Mm. Oh. Not sure. She's written a bunch of books. Extraordinary Journey. This episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, where yeah. adventure begins. The Check place. out their website at gamersinlehigh.com. The last two of our show. Yeah. It's time to power up. Power up. Autobots, roll out. Broadcasting live. From the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time (laughs) for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. All right, that's right. We're back. We are back. Another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio where things happen. <laughs> A lot of things. Yes. Good things? Yes, always. Where your votes don't matter. Good thing. <laughs> However, is that like your official DCR shirt? Because that's... You wore uh, that last year. I don't know. I just really like driving. You wore the hat. We are one week away from Wait, and Star he's Wars. Wearing, he's wearing a Darth Vader hoodie, and what's really funny to me is he's like... Why can't I hear you? I don't know. Hello? She's a girl. We just I really... I can't hear you at all. It's no! Things are things are falling over and exploding. You gotta love that. Hello. There's liquid coming off your hands. Hello. Is there a thing she's gonna need to move to another mic? Yes, the Dr Pepper has exploded. Yeah, all over. <laughs> cool. Hello. So. No one does that. Here. Oh. Yeah, I thought we had a different colors uh, uniform, so uh, I just figured I'd wear my Darth Vader hoodie. Hello. Hello. I don't know. That's and not working my, either. And uh, my Pokemon hat all the time. You got a problem with that, Dan? No. Well, it's like he's okay. always he's always hot. Yes. And thank you. And he's wearing a hoodie all the time. He's wearing a hoodie with the sleeves rolled up. Plug this in where the yellow one is. Let's see if that works. This is this is weird. It's it's yeah. And the, today we're lucky. The Dr Pepper is getting is close. Working? I can hear you now. It must be the cable. Okay. Awesome. Great. Okay, well, I'm gonna move back to my spot with my pink microphone. Yes. All right. So, wow. There we go. We just like completely stalled everything, just because the microphone did not work. That's okay. The problems radio. Yes, problems radio. So, uh, oh, my phone is ringing. Hold on. Oh, is that okay? Yes, you get to talk. Dave Butler, who will be having on the yes. show later, uh, to talk about his new book. Um, um look for the geek tyrant sign. It's up on the top. But uh, floor. yeah, we and are come up and find you. going to see Star Wars, and. Uh, Really excited about it, as I think, should yes, everyone. I believe so. 
we will be finding okay. out about finally where's Luke. Keep going. Kylo Ren. And it's super exciting. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we have special screens for the press to go see kind of early. And we're going to get interviews with a bunch of people. And uh, we're going to dress up in costumes because we're cool like that. And uh, except for some theaters are banning that. But uh, why not dress up? It's cool. Take lightsabers. Hopefully they'll allow them at the movie theater. It'll be a lot of fun. Enjoy. Um, yeah, that'll be next Thursday. It'll be our special. Look at you. You just that. you just completely held the show. It's cool, dude. If I can talk about Star Wars all the time, I will. What? So. Everyone ran away. You you held the fort. It's oh, it is. Yep. It is. Oh, yeah, my Pokemon hat. Yes. Get my cool. Got to catch them all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, if you weren't completely bored by McKay's uh, uh, diatribe. With Star Wars, I can't imagine people were bored. Many people can be bored about Star Wars. Oh, you people. I'm apprehensive. He, he's, apprehensive. he's apprehensive. I'm apprehensive. All right. And I'm a little bit, this is probably not the subject of the interview, but James, oh, you're fine. I'm a little bit, uh, uh, what? I don't know. I'm overhyped. Yes. Too much. Okay. Stop talking about it. I okay. can see how that is. You know, I, I get on Facebook and I want my friends to stick their stuff in front of me. Yeah. Not, you know, Disney. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have tickets yet. Okay. We'll see it. We'll see it at some point. When it happens. No, next week. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of backed off of posting and talking about it as well, except for on the show. But we we don't talk about it right now. Yes, yeah, like you, my obsession. You keep talking know. about it. But that's okay. You don't have to start. You know, I felt the same way for episode one. Yeah. Which I don't know if you were alive then. Yeah, I was eight years old. Yeah. So. Okay. I was not. I was uh, I was a young uh, in my young man in my thirties, and I was very very excited. Yeah. And I walked away kind of bow legged and and uh, whimpering. Yes. After that. Yeah. So. And then I went back a second time because my friend really wanted to see it, and I fell asleep right. during the movie. You want to see it again. Yeah, that's really bad when you fall asleep the second time you watch. Yeah, I did too, actually. Yeah. I was watching this thing online the other day, and they were interviewing people before they went to go see the movie, and um, I was so excited. There's a guy, you know, painting up in Darth Maul and like all this stuff, and like this is gonna be the best. He's like, well, what if he messes it up? And I'm like, no way, you can mess it up. So they're coming on the movie. You know how people are when they're excited and they've talked something up for so long? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they're still excited. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the actual they story, yes, <laughs> the actual story is not set in. And so they're all freaking out. Yeah. They're really happy about it. And they show, like, 30 people, like, oh, my gosh, it was amazing. It was so good. And Shaq, like, all these famous people. And they get to this one guy at the very end, and he's like, that was that was a fire. That was horrible. That abomination. George Lucas should be ashamed of himself. I can't believe he did that to Star Wars. Awesome. <laughs> it was so funny. Cause there will like, be someone that does this. There will be haters afterwards. Well, there has to be. I mean, everyone's excited for it. That's true. And then there's this people. The coming of Christ, the Star Wars. So yeah. Of course there's going to be. I, I just foresee there's going to be people that have uh, read all the overhypeness and they're all excited and this is like the ultimate Star Wars and then they're going to come out really disappointed instead of just, hey, this is a cool Star Wars Well, movie. and like Jerry's not here today, but he gets really excited about films and even when they suck, he won't let it go. And then years later, he yeah. realizes, oh, wow, that was, remember the whole John Carter thing? Okay, so yeah. he was super excited about seeing John Carter because he actually got to see it. That was a cool it. movie. He got to see it. You know. In Canab, yeah. where it was filmed, yeah. they had props from the film, and it was really exciting, was and so he was there. just, yeah. you know, and we were into Friday Night Lights, so we love Taylor Kish, and, like, 
he was super excited and da, 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 and he gets them seeing it and he immediately does a movie review when he's still hyped up, which is a huge mistake. Yes. Because he gives it five out of five stars. Oh, wow. And he's like, this movie was amazing. It's like one of the best movies ever made. Three weeks later, oh my gosh, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think visually it was pretty cool, but I get as a overall movie that I want to watch again, I've never watched it again. Right. Yeah. yeah it was good for viewing. I mean, it wasn't. I don't think it was a horrible film, but I don't. I don't think the acting was great. I don't. Yeah. You know, and I, I like I said, I love there was Chris, problems. But yeah. He he, was, he didn't do a good job. Yeah. He didn't. And um, I think the only other movie that's really disappointed me like that. Do you guys remember um, Ultraviolet? I know. Okay, so it, it was Mila um, Jokovic. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it was it com- everything was CG. Every single thing except for her and the other actors in that film were CG. Wow. And I went and saw it, and I was super excited because I'm a huge Resident Evil fan, and I love Mila. You know, Fifth Element, like everything she does. And I went and saw it. And I wanted to walk out, and it was the first time I'd ever on a movie that I was like, I can't finish this. Yeah. Ever. Just, in my life. Anytime I see a movie with her in it, I just, all I hear is multi-pass. multi-pass. <laughs> I mean, she's going after zombies, multi-pass. It's like, yeah, just doesn't do it for me. But, um... Yeah. So still You're the back. The only to, man on the planet who I know. didn't find her attractive. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. Strategically placed strips of cloth. No, on the body of a twelve-year-old boy. No. Yeah. Yeah, she was a little girlish. Yeah. A little girlish. But uh, you know, I still don't own Phantom Menace to this day, in any shape or form. Well, so. that's that's why I have not seen episode three. Oh really? Yeah, we we yeah. own we own uh, we own all six. We bought them and some. You know, they're all at Walmart or something. Yeah. My kids have watched them. I I'm pretty sure Anakin Skywalker gets burned. Yes. Oh. Uh, that's the that's funny part. Of and becomes missing, Darth Vader. We know that. There. He's Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Darth Vader. I laughed out. Darth Vader. What? And everyone almost killed me because when he was burning, it was just hilarious, and everybody was like, because I saw it. I've, it is actually night. not the greatest scene no. where he's just like, I hate you. And he's yeah. crawling up with his yeah, one arm. Yeah, but you know, and, and Obi Wan like is totally well, selling it. But there's lava behind him. Hey, I mean, Ewan McGregor, he sells that part. I agree with that. But yes. Hayden Christensen, we we just need to redo those and maybe we'll get to some good prequels. You want the chosen one? With this new Star Wars movie, I'm just hoping that those fanboys like it because right now I only have to defend three out of six movies. <laughs> if I have to defend more Star Wars movies going forward, that's yeah. going to be rough. I, I don't You're going to have a full-time job <laughs> just defending right. Star Wars movies. Well, spoiler alert, Natalie Portman looks awful in that film. So, so this is what we'll have. We'll have a segment called... McKay defends Star Wars. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't have to defend the seven. And we get to have people, we'll have people call in. That's cool. Yeah. I can take it. All right. Been 10 years. Can old. I call in? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, no. I, I actually don't mind the prequels. I yeah. I enjoy them. I think they're fun. My kids cool. love them. They're full of mm. bright colors. It keeps them entertained. Yes. <laughs> One of my favorite movie reviews I've ever read it starts with a sentence. This movie should have been called Star Wars Episode 2. The Attack of Hayden Christensen, the worst actor. Who ever that is awesome. <laughs> How does that film okay? Does that hurt you? That hit you where the good Lord split you? <laughs> well, I knew I haven't heard before. I mean, I, I, I've said it multiple times. The Anakin Skywalker we got in the Clone Wars TV series yeah. is oh, a much better Anakin Skywalker than the Hayden Christensen like, one. Yeah. He's so cool. He like, is. I just started Clone Wars because I love Rebels and I've yeah. been watching it. And... 
Is there not a vastly different? Oh my gosh, you have this. Different yeah, you have like, this. If this had been the Anakin from the film, I would have enjoyed. Oh yeah. So much more. Yeah, you go from whiny He's Anakin so to awesome. really cool Anakin back to whiny Anakin, well, and, and like, then the, I turned to Vader the way because that he treats some dumb reason. He's a Yeah. I think that's episode three. Too. Yes. Yes. Yep. You don't see it, but we know it happens. You know what happens. So yeah, it, there's a video recorder or something like that. Yeah, and then Obi Wan yells it. So you just spoiled the movie for him. He's just such a coward. That's okay. It's been long enough. We decided if if it's come out on DVD or Blu-ray already and you haven't seen it, we're all just spoiled. You're fair game. (laughs) Yes, you are fair game on that one. So, your books. Let's talk about about Dave's books because they are awesome and interesting and crazy all at the same time. And apparently Amazon is trying to sell your own book back to you. Uh, yeah, Amazon's got some uh, some challenges in its algorithms. Yeah, I noticed that uh, you made that post the other day. I'm like, huh, how does that work? <laughs> the the author is being sold his own book. Yeah, yep. and uh, believe me, I'd buy a billion dollars, I'd buy it. You'd buy it, yes. <laughs> That's it. Look how successful I'm so successful, <laughs> I can buy my own book. That's right. Make myself a bestseller and make lots of money. Wouldn't you just get that money back? Well, yeah. a portion of it. Yeah. Not all of it. Some goes to the publisher. Yeah, that's true. That's how business then book bestsellers are made. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh. Careful strategic purchasing to the right venues at the right time to create bestsellers. That's huh. Is that included in the marketing fund there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's why it's so not for, for novels, or at least as far as I know, yeah. for novels. That's not done. Hmm. But that is true. For you know, every every business book you ever see was a number one New York Times bestseller. That's why. Oh, okay. Oh, they went out and bought it. They went and bought it. Yeah. Okay. We should sweet. We should listen to our own show. We need to do that. That's what we should do. Listen, just listen to our own show over and over and over again. Oh hey, my look, gosh. we got three thousand listens this last week sleep. from three people. Yeah. Just, just keep it going. Well, you, you guys don't listen to our show. No, I, I honestly I don't because I start picking it apart and uh, you don't want that. I just have to check to make yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm like, oh gosh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I start picking stuff apart so I don't listen to our show, our own show. No. Yeah, because I don't want to be mean. I listen to other shows okay. and yeah, see yeah. what. And then you're super critical. And, and seeing so what what we're doing better than them oh, okay. and tearing Every apart what they're doing say, wrong. If yeah. you don't even want to listen to your own show, let's not agree. No, see, I would love to listen to our show. It's just I, I get my critical <laughs> thinking mind, and then I'll start tearing things apart, and then, yeah, it's just not cool. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do it, but I don't do it anymore. Yeah, self-reflection is for the young. Yeah. I don't listen it's, to it. It's like trying to edit there. a book. I already uh, heard it. If, if I try <laughs> editing my writing, I'm so mean to myself. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But hey. I end up changing too much when I do it. Yeah. I started here and got to here, and then I start changing, and I take, like, this total, like... <laughs> left turn? Well, left turn, and it's not even it's not even another way to get there. Total left turn, and I end up in a different state. A new book. Yep. So well, instead of going to Albuquerque, you went to New Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, isn't Albuquerque oh, wow. and New Mexico? Albuquerque. <laughs> that was to- hey, completely wrong. Yeah. South Dakota. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of which, Dan, you just recently finished a manuscript, right? Uh, I did. Congratulations. Thanks. That was awesome. Exciting. Did you guys talk about that already in the show? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> Every so, day. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> yeah. And then, then I'm working on the short story for Jason's thing, which oh, you're cool. in. Yeah. I just turned mine in two days ago. I'm almost done. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. life life is weird no, when you Daniel's try to write. No, incredible in the way that he can just 
set a goal for himself, and no matter how ridiculous life is, he sits down and he busts it out. Yeah, it's the sh- I love structure. A yeah, I love structure, and the, the yeah. fact that you're able to do that that's really amazing. Unfortunately, I don't have that tight of restrictions on the short story, but I'm going to get it done before yeah. Christmas. Well, it's not your passion project. Well, he sort of implied a pretty fast deadline, too, right? And said, okay, when are they done? And somebody jumped in and said, I've got mine written. It's like thought, in three wow. days. I know. Well, a guy had it in three days, little... and I hadn't even had an idea because yeah. I hadn't even read the book yet. Right, right. Yeah, it's and a little so different when like, you write something. Um. Okay, yeah. I, I got to read this book first. Pretty so. sure you're still ahead of at least Sarah. I think Sarah. Yeah, I know. Her, yeah, Sarah. So, I, I heard from her email that she's like she hadn't even started yet, like last week or something like that. Oh, don't her out. Well, she is. She was writing another. <laughs> she was writing another. She probably emailed somebody. Was like, it's done. I'm just trying to. No. Yeah, Jason's really relaxed on it. Put everything on. It's been really cool writing in someone else's world because I don't have to do all that. And I had to do that with mine. Yeah. So it's just easy. it's nice playing with that. And okay, I want that. I want that. You know, it's kind of like going into someone's toy box and picking out the star, you know, the Han Solo and the Optimus Prime. And this yeah. is how J.J. J. Abrams exactly his life, right? <laughs> exactly. Or Peter Jackson. Yeah, Peter Jackson's Peter actually. Jackson's like, hey, this is the Hobbit, but why not have sandworms? Yes. Because we want sandworms. Yeah. Because we watch Beetlejuice. Yeah. And Doom. And Doom. Dune. 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 Oh. D-U-N-E. You Have know you what? not seen Dune? Oh. I liked Dune. I thought it was Wait, Doom with the Rock? Doom. No. It had uh, the Doctor from Star Trek in it. Oh, yeah, you're talking about Dune the movie. Doom. Oh, Doom. Doom. D-O-O-M. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it also had Dwayne the Rock Johnson oh, in it. Oh, I don't care yes. him. Yeah, it, it had uh, the guy that played Sorry, the new yeah. Bones. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. No. The next generation was in Doom. That's yes. what I got. Oh, yeah. okay. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Picard. Patrick uh, Stewart, Stewart was uh, in the original one, yeah. Uh, was the, he was the troubadour. Yeah. The Is it Duncan yeah. Idaho? I can't remember. I can't remember. Not it's been a while. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great. That no, was good. And, and Sting was in it. Yeah. In Dune? Yeah. Yes, in Dune. Dune. Oh, D-U-N-E. What stuff does I already know? <laughs> Frank Herbert's book. Of it because yeah. of Family the, Guy. The first but, film of it. Yes. <laughs> I need to watch it. The, uh, the other sci-fi miniseries wasn't that awesome. It was kind of, it was not as, it was different. Yeah. It was different. When they kind of came in in camouflage, I thought, oh, this is sort of lost it for me. It, yeah. That's how I felt about when they redid The Shining mm. miniseries. Did you guys ever watch that? Yes, I did. And but I, I mean, that unfortunately, but that was actually more true to the book than than uh, you know the movie. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, it's all Jenny. about watching someone slip into madness. Check it out. Yeah, it's a little weird. What? It's on the weird side. I was just looking up Dune. It was like nineteen eighty. You haven't seen Dune? No, definitely oh, like eight years ago. Gosh, I felt like a horrible person. The book. So the book is like on your list of top ten science fiction must read books. Yes, Dune. Cool. Now there's a whole bunch of books in the universe, uh, and if you if you love the first one, you can go read the others. But the first one you must read. Yes. Awesome. And the movie, I like it. It's got detractors. Is it, it a dry long film? It's a pretty cool. Film. It's like weird. Someone took drugs and well, read the sci-fi book. I like Jack, <laughs> and I like 1984. You so can you probably like, like it. Probably yeah, like you it. probably would. You, you like Brazil, for example? I like seen that. Oh. Um, Okay. Like a country. Terry Gilliam's Brazil is not much like the country Brazil. Yeah. It's more like Robert De Niro was a renegade plumber. Well, and it's, it's Terry Gilliam. It's Monty Python. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The Fisher King. Yes. 
Yeah, Terry Gilliam's one of the guys from Monty Python. Yeah. Yep. And he Gold also Monkeys. he also wrote uh, Labyrinth. I loved so much. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen the TV show? Uh, no. It's really good. Okay. I was surprised. It was it's actually a really good show. Maybe more surprised than the people that they had in it, but they do awesome. We are. Uh, well, yes. We are tangent everywhere. It's awesome. That's not our style. So yes. So we got a. You've got a pile of books over there. I got a lot of stuff happening. And, and you've got lots of books yeah. happening. You have a new one coming out soon, uh, or is it out already? Well, so um, well, we do this like reverse chronological order. So um, after six long years of forcing the world to wait, okay, my big press debut. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Uh, six years from when I first started writing seriously, right? So this is a significant amount of time. That is. So uh, Knopf is the publisher. That's an imprint of Random House. My editor is Michelle Fright. She did Aragon. Nice. Uh, oh, wow. And, and uh, more recently, Wonder. Um, and a lot, she's, she's fantastic. Uh, this is a middle reader steampunk fantasy adventure story. Sweet. Set in 1887 London about a boy whose father's kidnapped and boy goes to rescue him and discovers horrible secrets along the way. Even better. Yeah. Book two is written. I'm working on editing that now. So steampunk, your editor is the person that did Aragon, which yeah. was a really well-received yep. novel. And, yeah. uh, you know, it did have a movie, but the movie had issues. I know. <laughs> had issues. But I want more. And Random I mean, a division of Random House is pretty awesome. It's, it's really exciting. And, um, you know, uh, the whole publishing thing, is uh, there? I keep I keep going to these conventions. I yeah. went to like twelve conventions last year, and, I, and they always say, "Hey, pitch panels." And the panel I always pitch that no one ever takes is, "We ought to have a panel about hard truths." Yes. Hard truths about writing. Here, people who have been successful or successful say things that are true that you don't really want to hear. Yeah. Uh, and the the thing that I think that is um, uh, sort of top of my list that I would say in that panel mm-hmm. is. The essential thing for for material success as a writer. Now you can define success other ways. If your if your definition of success is I have a story and I want to get it out there, the good news is Amazon has empowered you. You know yes. anything. You can do it. Nothing will stop you. Right. But the, to to reach a large large audience, mm-hmm. right? The essential thing is luck. Yep. You just have to get lucky. And and then sort of the corollary is that unfortunately you won't get lucky sitting in your own basement. You have you have to go out there and work and get rejected and work and get rejected and work and get rejected and then like suddenly something happens. Yeah. And that was how this this was I actually had an agent. I thought like my second thing I wrote had an agent. Uh, I thought I was heading for a big time, you know, four years ago. Uh didn't get a sale agent dumped me. Yeah. My wife and I co wrote a book, publishing contract, arcs. Publisher decided to fold its U.S. operations. Boom, it disappeared again. Wow, right? Um, but but this, you know, this is a book that literally I had to create space. It was prepared to publish, right? Mm-hmm. Had a cover from Carter Reed and everything. Uh, and then an agent I, I had I had queried a couple of months before suddenly said yes. Wow. And uh, and she said I'm just going to send it to one editor on a sneak preview basis before I send it out generally. And that editor said, yes, I went from, from nothing to big press deal wow. in the space of a month. Yeah. Right. After, after butting my head for four years. So it's a crazy industry, but uh, I'm excited. That's a big, that's a, you know, that's my, it's not my debut, but it's my big press yeah. debut. Very excited about that. Uh, and that's about six months. And now oh. I've got, you know, several other things circulating the editor. Sweet. So we'll see. 
Oh, I mean, it is kind of luck. I, uh, you know, just interviewing other authors and stuff like that. I mean, even Brandon Sanderson, which is almost a household name now, yep. he wrote like 16, 17 novels before yeah, Elantris was published. Yep. And then it was he was just kind of floating out there, the little guy, guy. And it wasn't until he got the Will of Time series, right. which was sheer luck. Yeah. Then he exploded. Yeah. You know, now he's like the master of the universe, and yeah. I have to ask because I actually am quite interested to know how how does it feel, you know, writing all these books and constantly being at the mercy of right. other people. Does it, I mean, creatively, how, like, it has to be so frustrating. Yeah. What's this show rated? Um, <laughs> you're good. Yeah. So, uh... Jared said ho last week. We're still, no, we're still living that one, though. said ho. Okay, I, no, I will, I will, I'll be careful what I say. I swear a lot, but no, no effort. It is, um, it's really hard. Yeah, I can imagine. It's really hard. Um, people say... Uh, I don't take rejection letters from editors and agents. I don't take their content seriously Mm -hmm. unless a lot of them say the same thing. Because my experience is they're full of crap. They actually have no idea. I say that I have an editor and I have an agent and I love them both. So I hope they don't hear this. (laughs) And I completely accept them from everything I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. But but I've had a a lot of experience with editors and agents now. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, they don't know what's going to be a number one hit. Right. Yeah. They have no idea. So they're making kind of a gut feel. And then they're saying something. And you will send out a, a manuscript to 30 agents, or, you know, 50 or 100, and you will get exactly contrary rejection letters mm-hmm. that give you what? I love your character. Your plot's terrible. Your plot's amazing. Too bad your characters are wooden. Same <laughs> manuscripts, two rejections the same yeah. day, right? They don't know. But yeah. they're happy to tell you why you're terrible. That sucks. Yeah. You get books out there, people start writing reviews. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Sometimes it's awesome. Sometimes it really sucks. Uh, so you got to kind of put on brass drawers. Yeah. You know, you just got to be ready to, and and uh, don't torture yourself. I just stop reading reviews. I don't even, yeah. friends post reviews and I'm afraid they're going to say terrible things. I don't yeah. even read them usually. Well, even, oh. even sending out what you've written to friends you know. I mean, it's oh, tough yeah. getting those critiques back or even sometimes uh, at least with me i've had one person just oh man it was just like boom 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 i literally had to stop reading and say okay thanks and put my phone off to the side because it was just like everything was being torn apart yeah it's like getting hit over and over again but and then that was a non-author friend person that did that and then at least at least with my friends that have been authors you know they're like hey this doesn't work this is why this is what you can do to fix it you know they gave me not only was it a blow, but at least it was a helpful yeah. handout saying, hey, this can help you, where the other person was just like, this su- this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. It's like, you know, I had one person saying, you know, angry at me about my female characters. I have two female characters in my book, and they're side characters. They're not, they, there's like nothing built on them. And they're like, well, I just hated the fact because most female characters are either the mother type or super sexy, and I'm like, well, one's a coffee shop girl and one's a general, and they maybe have, if they're lucky, two pages combined together yeah. of all their yeah, scenes, and they're like, I, I can't believe that you made the female a general. That is horrible. They're oh, super strong and butchy now, and I'm like, like what? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think for me, rejection 
I, I, I actually would be stoked to get, I can't believe, I mean, is it fast? The 18 interjection letter is pretty fast. It really depends. Okay, because for me, like, that's what I want. I want you to just hurry out and tell me to get it over so I can move on. My The thing that bothers me the most is when companies or agents tell you, you know, this is going to be amazing, we're going to do all this for you, this is going to be awesome, we got this, I'm going to do this and this and this, and then you have to sit and wait in limbo. That, for me, is the most frustrating thing in the world. And I don't know how it works in the book business because I'm in the film business but just that limbo of wait and see and you just like I said you're kind of at the mercy of all these other people and it's hard I mean it's a hard I I can't even imagine it's got to be frustrating so I'm actually a lawyer Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think this is still true this certainly was true when we were sort of looking at it uh, 10-15 years ago uh, the number one reason why lawyers get ethical complaints lodged against them is failure to communicate with their clients. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my first agent was like that. I mean, to get to hear anything, I had to, like, go reach out to him. And then, right. you know. What uh, are you doing for me? Because I'm just waiting to hear back yeah, from you. What, what should I do? Yeah. And, and so I managed to have, you know, in the year he was my agent, kind of three or four phone calls for the whole year. Wow. Uh, actually, my current agent now is fantastic. And if That's you're, great. you know, if you are so lucky as to be represented by Deborah Warren of East West Literary, then heaven smiles upon you. She is great, uh, including at this. She so important. Yeah. Nice. That's, That's awesome. really good. And I've got a question because I know just in the creative industry in general that you are constantly at other people's mercy, whether it's waiting to get paid or waiting to find out. Like I said, being patient or just not being able to push what you want through creatively because someone else tells you it's crap. You know, it depends on the road you choose, right? Like I said earlier, uh, there are uh, there's technological revolutions in musical production and filmmaking, and as in publishing, mm-hmm. where if what you want to do is be an author, if you have a creative vision and that's the thing that's important to you, the great news is that you are not at the mercy of the way you used to be. Yeah. But if you want to be part of the Hollywood big studio system, if you want to be published by a major publisher, and I think there are reasons to find those things attractive. Right. right. If you want to be on a big record label, then yeah, it's a business. And the business is fundamentally run by people that have the money uh, and not by the people who have the talent. Well, I feel like, too, I mean, I love Stephen King. I've always loved Stephen King. But, I mean, when you think about Stephen King, he, he wrote some amazing things, and now he just kind of puts out... I mean, there's been some that have been good, but, I mean, it kind of puts out some crap sometimes, and people publish it without questioning it because it's Stephen King. So once you get successful, you can do whatever the heck you want. Like, you can push out the stuff, whether it's just to get more money or just because, you know, eh, I mean, it's not my best, but I'm going to put it in there. And the other says, oh, well, you're Stephen well, King. This is amazing. I, I could be wrong with this, but I think Stephen King owns the publishing company that um, publishes him. It's kind of like Tom Cruise. Of crap. But that's the he, he made his Once own you know, distribution writer, so that he can make his own movies. questioning you yeah. as much. Well, you know, you're I don't know. You're selling a name at that point. Not really well, a that's yeah. exactly brand. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, I mean, he has become a brand. And Stephen King uh, is, uh, and J.K. Rowling is the same thing. They're both very yeah. famously uh, uh, tried to prove that it was their writing talent and not their name that was selling so many books. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Stephen that's King, just not the case. Well, they, as, as, because what in fact they demonstrate, Stephen King published books under Richard Bachman and yep. didn't sell until they republished them as Stephen yep. King, the Bachman right. books. Yeah. J.K. Rowling published her thriller, I don't even know the title of it, 
you know, got a book deal, modest sales, and then, oh, it was J.K. Rowling. Yeah, she, she did it under a different pen name because she that didn't want really it her name. And she wanted it, her talent. Yeah, the truth is, this is a hard truth. It's not your talent that's going to sell a bazillion copies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talent reaches a bazillion people. Right. It's the big engine driven by, by your name. Which, like you said, started with luck. Start with luck. Yeah. Start with oh Hollywood got interested. Well, and you know even Harry Potter. Harry Potter was moderately successful, but it's once the movies hit. No, I love the movies. Exploded. I cannot yeah. make and it that, through the and book. That's a big component of luck. Yeah. Yeah. It's like driving a clutch when you don't know how. It's just like stop, stop, stop. Like I can put a Harry Potter book down three mm-hmm. sentences and oh yeah six chapters. Well, I, I it just I don't it doesn't flow. Well, that, that's the I magic like with it. books is you either if you can find a book that's pulling you along <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. It's golden, but when you have a book that you're constantly like, all right, I can put this down, right. you know, well, and like, maybe I'll pick it up tomorrow. Old Stephen yeah. King. I mean, old Stephen I, King was good. When yeah. I was ten or eleven, I would pick up a Stephen King book. I would stay up all night. My entire family would make fun of me because I always had a book in my hand, mm-hmm. and like I wouldn't put it down. I would sneak. I would have it in my lap during school, reading it instead of doing my classwork because yeah. it just there was this there was just so much blunt and like grit and it's mm-hmm. like the things you think but you don't say but most of it's in a dialogue and so these are the things people are thinking and it was it just it read like truth and then you got the thrill and, and you know it was all these things and yeah. probably learned some things sexually some things I shouldn't have at 10 yeah. or 11 but uh, <laughs> but but it was quite yes. entertaining depends on what books you're reading oh Cujo yeah. oh my oh, gosh oh yeah Cujo it good yeah, lord that is a lot more um, <laughs> Well, so that may, that may, uh, you know, I mean, who knows? But uh, he's talked about drug use, pretty, pretty serious drug use when he was younger. Yep. And he got hit by a car. Yeah. And, and barely, you know, serious hit. So who knows? He might, in some ways, literally not be the same writer he was. No, that's true. I guess that's true. He's also getting older, and maybe he's running out of ideas and material. I mean, I feel like older yeah. people say what's on their mind. Well, well, not only that, <laughs> let alone, you know, let's let's you look just at. Don't care anymore. <laughs> we could look at it this way: roll back a few years to when you were reading those books. The uh-huh. market of who was published was a lot smaller. Now, almost anyone can be published, like they were saying. I mean, if you want, go to Amazon. You can publish your book, and it's out there. Well, and I feel like it's also kind of right now. It's like, what's hot right now? And well, and that kind of is a. Is what's hot right now usually start with what is on television, what movies are people watching, and then people yeah. will write yeah. a book about it. Yeah. You know, and so books used to be the start of trends. Yes. And now they kind of go, oh, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Let's write a story about that. Well, and, and even movies are pretty much there at their kind of, we don't see really a lot of original movies. It's a lot of, oh, hey, let's go remake this or let's yeah, do it off of book. that book or this. It started with comic books yeah. years and years ago. Yeah. So, but like what I'm saying, like years and years ago, before obviously TV and movies and stuff, all these books were made and, and they were the start of the trend. They were, yeah. you know. But at the same time, those authors, because there was a movie and TV, were the celebrities, the superstars and you know, and it was it was hard to get into that club in a way. Now we've got all these movie remakes, which is, I mean, some of them are good, but it's hard because when you write a book, you don't have a budget. You have no budget. This guy's the one that your imagination oh, no. is the one that. Yeah, you, when you, you try have. to put it into a budget, you just can't get everything in. Yeah. And if you did, you wouldn't make your money back. There's yeah. no way. Budget would be astronomical. I mean, CG's helped a lot, but at the same time, it's never going to replace 
your own imagination. True. There's another budget issue here, right? I mean, you have to think about this from the point of view of the people with the money. They're betting $50 million, $100 million. Uh, the reason to find a remake attractive is because they pick what they think are sure bets, right? Yeah. Known properties. Same reason why it's so attractive to go after the Marvel catalog. That's really attractive because they've got decades of stories. Oh, yeah. They're not making every story attractive. And then we have, well, and they have a built-in audience. Parallel universes, yeah. too. They're going to right. get the X-Men over there, and it's only a yeah. Marvel universe. They're picking the, the storylines that that were the best. So they had mm-hmm. this huge story farm yeah. over decades. Uh, and, and when it was sort of more scrappy counterculture writers, and now Disney, the sort of behemoth uh, pseudo religion <laughs> sucking up all the storytelling in our country, yeah. uh, is, this is part of my reservation in Star Wars, <laughs> is, uh, you know, says, hey, here's the most successful ones, let's grab these and make them. Yeah. And some of them are great. I, I think the Avengers is kind of slowing down a bit. I um, feel the same way. I, I felt like the first one. one was amazing. The yeah. second one, yeah. I, I didn't uh, give a crap like about the love story between the Hulk and... Right. Like, I don't want to see a love story. I want to see the Avengers. Yeah. You can yeah. Kind of yeah. I was like, that's not the Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought Jessica Jones was amazing. Is that the I, I really like it. It is. Oh, my gosh. I love this series. Killgrave oh, is an amazing oh, villain. I thought about starting it last night. Kingpin looks like a wimp. With David oh, Tennant's portrayal. Seriously, go watch it. Are we talking about changed Kingpin? No, 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 no. So David Tennant is playing Kilgrave, which is the villain in yeah. Jessica, Jessica Jones. Yeah. He makes Kingpin look like a wimp. Yeah. Well, can I ask a question though? Are they marrying the like? Are they making it in the same universe? They're they're in Hell's Kitchen. They refer to the destruction. Yeah. They refer to the Hulk and those guys wrecking things. There's at least one crossover character with Daredevil. In fact, the plan, according to Wikipedia, which I don't know, uh, apparently they've got a power metal Power Man's character. Yeah. Power Man and Iron Fist were my total favorites as a kid. Uh, he's in there, Luke Cage. Yep. Uh, he's got a miniseries coming up, and then Iron Fist is a series coming up. Yeah. And apparently, wow. those three and Daredevil are going to end in a joint miniseries. Nice. Isn't Punisher have a series? And Punisher is going to be—he's going to be in the next season That's of Daredevil. What I thought. Yeah. That's super cool. So we'll so, see. What so they are doing some awesome stuff. They're bonafide yeah. doing some awesome stuff. It's exciting. Oh, it's it a feels tired. They're running it too I was far. Say, it, feels, it feels exciting. I, I think. Superheroes in a TV series works well. Oh, yeah, I think superheroes in a TV series works well. It's not something where we're we're gonna get um, overran compared to movies. But I think the problem with the Avengers is we have too many characters slammed into one movie, and they're trying all these little story arcs. I don't mind having too many heroes. My problem is when we have six hundred villains in the same movie. It's exhausting. There's so no the, character development there. So part of the Age of Ultron problem is there's just like a thousand flying robots. Yes. And like uh, it's, it's cannon fodder. It's just the Avengers against cannon fodder until James Spader comes on the screen. Well, and if we would have done the Age of Ultron and a TV series, you could have used all twenty six episodes, and that would have been much better than cramming it into a two hour movie. I'm not. A, I don't. I'm not a huge Superman media. And we talked about this last yeah. week. I'm not a huge Superman fan. But what I do, what I used to really like about Superman is that you would get time with a villain. Yeah. Like you would get time with Lex Luthor, you would get time with all these people and you get really good character development. That's why I like I mean Smallville sucked after a while, but 
And that's obviously not the same Lex Luthor that was in the comics, but you got you you get this character development, you get to see these people transform and why they become. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't see this guy trip and fall, and then all of a sudden he decides he hates everyone, and now he's pretty he, much like Anakin. And then he's in the movie <laughs> for like ten minutes, and you know, yeah. like Fantastic Four, and it's. Yeah. I want I if you're gonna give me hero development, make me give a crap about the story. Give me some antagonist development as well. Because yeah. it's boring. If I don't know anything about the villain, I don't care. And that's why book's amazing, because you have that whole time for the yeah. build up on the villain and the hero and Yeah. yeah. And and you get to sometimes you even get to read their minds. I love um I loved Grindle. This is a weird tangent, but I absolutely, as a child, loved Grindle because I loved the Beowulf story. And when I found out that Grindle existed, getting to see the inside, the get inside the head of a monster, is yeah. absolutely incredible. I loved it. I loved rooting around in there and seeing what was going on. And and I want to see that now. And we just don't see it anymore. It's like, up oh, here's five minutes of this person, big big scene, gone. Okay, bring in the next bad guy. Like six bad guys later, movie's over, and you're like, that was a lot, and I didn't learn anything about anybody. <laughs> so is that, Even is that going to be the problem with Star Wars then? Yeah. Because we already right. we we already know of two bad guys. There's a possibility of a couple more. Yeah, I mean, there's. It depends. If if they are fought and defeated, and we go through them like a pack of gum, then yes, it will be exhausting. If we're building something bigger, and we're going to have these guys around you know, for a couple of movies, then I'm okay with that. Okay. Because you still get the character development. That's what I kind of see with and with Star Wars. Hopefully, they have plans for more already, so they don't have to tell the whole story in one. I feel like a lot of them, it's like, it might be this movie and that's it, guys. Yeah, so we really shove it all try in there. to put it all in there and that's hopefully true. it works out. Yeah. And so, I feel bad. And then a lot a lot of the times, they try to now split up movies. It's like, oh, part one and part two. Oh, I and that. I <laughs> almost never like a part one of any movie that's come out because it's like, it's just you a long setup for this last warming. one. Yeah, and all the all the good stuff. In the you mean all three Hobbit movies? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's my problem. It's like it's because like we want more to elaborate on it, but then sometimes when they do, it's like, well, that's not the interesting elaboration we want. Yeah, that we don't we don't care about that. Access. I just want to see so, people get yeah. slaughtered on the battlefield for two hours. I almost don't want J.J. Abrams to build a more elaborate story. I think he is. He has a track record of starting stories that seem really complex and interesting, and then they had uh, nothing in them. Yeah. Lost uh, was the biggest piece of shit. So many. <laughs> I agree. I, you're like, this is I so awesome. Watch... And you're like, what, they're, they're dead and in heaven? Like, yeah. Stupid. Well, and I, I didn't stupid. even watch the last season at all because, well, because I had still so many unanswered questions from the first two seasons that never got okay. answered. So this is my theory on this I was one. Like, what's he, point? he forgot, he forgot everything and I think he got lost. He's just like, okay, we're just going to say they're in heaven because I don't know what I'm going to do with this. We're he's not like, going to try to explain he's like, the there's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. We don't have a, we're just making stuff up. Yep. We're teasing you. You yeah. would have had to make another series just to answer all the damn questions. That's a yeah. dick move. So, sorry, <laughs> I know we have a... You're fine. So, uh, I, I don't know. That, that's not my big reservation about Star Wars. J.J. Abrams is the small reservation about Star Wars. I, I mean, I think Star Wars is such a huge monster that he can't mess it up like that. Except they've already thrown away the... George Luke, I'm right? sorry, the creator I mean, of Star Wars? Don't, 
There were uh, a bunch of, there were a bunch of novels that set after Return of the Jedi, right? Oh, there's tons. And yeah. everything. It's all non canon, yeah. yeah. That's it. It's legend. Now we're going to have the new J.J. Abrams version. Yes. Uh, and who knows what happens? Who knows what happens? We might look back in five years and say we would have preferred the Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, uh, I would have loved that, um, but they're too old. Now. I already, I'm excited for the Star Wars, but I'm so sad that we'll never. But Leia doesn't have force powers. She's gonna be, and she's yeah. not Princess Leia. She's General Leia now. And I fell in love with Mara Jade as well, and she'll probably never exist in the she Star Wars won't. universe anymore. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't. No, just you and your sad. gingers. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But so, yeah, sorry, I, I forgot it was a ginger at the table. Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, a ginger under there somewhere. Yeah. There's plenty. Okay. <laughs> yep. I don't know what I am um, anymore. <laughs> it's all different colors. I'm gonna be purple in a couple of weeks. It's gonna be awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Purple. I don't know. So let me tell you about something else. Yes. I got going on. I got I got lots of cool stuff going on. So here's something that's happening right now. Okay. Right now. So I've written a lot of stuff. One of the things I've written is a series called Rock Band Fights Evil. Yes, which I've enjoyed. I've read the first one. Oh, very good. Awesome. Very nice. It is. <laughs> it's pretty much like the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh-huh. If the Pevensey children were a gang of foul-mouthed uh, rock and rollers. That's awesome. <laughs> And uh, and that and that was originally self-published. It's now picked up by Warfire Press. They're putting out nice. books six, seven, five, six, and seven imminently in an omnibus of the first three. That's great. But the thing that's true today is there is a story bundle that includes the first three. So uh, storybundle.com forward slash new worlds. There's a story bundle. These are DRM free eBooks, and it's an amazing deal. There's a there's a there's a deal and a bonus deal. The deal is seven dollars for I think it's 10 books. Oh, wow. Uh, including the first three rock brand stories, Hell Held on My Trail, Snake Handling Man, and uh, Crow Jane. Uh, and and then if you pay, if you, you choose you choose how much you want to pay. If you pay 15 bucks, you get a total of 30 books. Now, most of them are in series. So uh, the entire Lays of Anaskaya trilogy by Brad Beaulieu uh, and uh, the first three mythology books by Jody Lynn Nye. Uh, 30, 30 novels at wow. 50 cents each, all in DRM for ebooks. So, storybundle.com, uh, New Worlds. New wow. Worlds Story Bundle. Yeah, for the that's next killer uh, deal. 20 days or so. Wow, that's Just awesome. Started. Hey, you guys need to buy Christmas, yeah, Christmas. presents. There you go. Yeah. That's a lot of books. Yeah, it's a lot, it's of a books. lot of giving. Lot of yes. A lot of books. Nice. Uh, no, the book is, uh, I picked up the, the first book years ago, and I, I've reread it. Several times. It's lots of fun. The title is awesome. I mean, it gets you hooked. So then you just start reading. And it's one of those books where I couldn't put it down, which is a good one. It sounds, it, I mean, is it a comedy? It is. It's, okay, I was uh, like, it sounds hilarious. They're short novels there. It's about, it's about a rock and roll band of damned musicians, right? Oh, yeah. Variously damned, damned different ways. The lead singer is Satan's son. He's on. He's outcast from hell. Uh, they're <laughs> fighting over a woman, his girlfriend, who is in hell, and Satan won't release her. Uh, and uh, Satan can hear Jim, his son James, if he talks, and so Jim doesn't talk. But but because fallen angels, music is the gift of heaven. Fallen right. angels can't hear music, so Jim sings. So he's totally silent except when he's singing. Uh, Eddie Marlowe is uh, is a guitar player. Uh, Eddie Eddie went down to the crossroads in a good traditional fashion to sell his soul to the devil, to become the best rock and roll musician who ever lived. And he made a, a very small mistake, and that he forgot to specify an instrument. And 
So uh, he is played uh, by uh, with the, the burden of being the greatest tambourine player. Oh no! <laughs> Uh, and at the same time, he's damned. And, and in his waking vision, he sees hell all around him. And at night, he dreams of his own death and the death of his family, which he <laughs> believes he's going to cause. Right? The drummer is uh, is an exile from fairy. So um, so it's a it's about a band that has a plan to uh, to recover, um, and it involves stealing a fragment of Satan's hoof and using it against him in black magic. Oh, that's that's awesome. And it's, uh, awesome. How many in the series? So there are seven out now. I'm I'm working on uh, number eight right now. That's awesome. And that's my favorite things because that's one of my huge things with books. Most of the time it's like, I found a great book, but it's done after the book is done. So no. I try to look for series more now because it's like, all right, that's done, but there's a whole list of books I can read because the series is still going. Oh, well, and standalone books are pretty good. that well? Like, it's, it's like moving away from friends the second the book's over. Like, yeah. it's, it's frustrating because you keep thinking about them and the story, like, the story keeps going in your mind yeah. and you make all these assumptions, but there's no, I need to, like, in a firm answer, what's going on? It'll drive me mad. Well, I mean, at least with that, you, you've got seven books to read through. Eight yeah. will probably be out before you're done with seven or mm-hmm. nine or whatever. Yeah. My thing is when I'm in a series, you know, and then you get to the end of the book, and now you have to wait another year. Or in some cases, like Brandon's books, you have to wait two years. You know, that's <sighs> frustrating. You know it's coming compared to like when you read that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Even if it, even if you know it's coming, it's more aggravating, <laughs> at least for me, because like I gotta wait. You know, like uh, the Stormlight, the second Stormlight archive from Brandon's book. I read that. I breezed through that in like three days. I'm like, yeah. yes. I got through this because it's a, over a thousand pages. It's a thick book. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, crap. I have no answers to these questions until who knows when. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's kind of frustrating. Then there's other authors where I know, okay, these they come out every X month. Yeah. So, okay, I can wait on this book until, you know, it comes out in October. I'll read it in September. I'll read it, you know, right. in August. So I don't have to wait that long. But then it sits on my shelf. That's so hilarious to me when he said he's the best tambourine player ever. The only thing I could think of was I'm thinking with Will Ferrell with his cowbell. Uh, yeah, I know. That's what I was waiting for the answer. I know. You know, honestly, when I when I read the book, yeah, when I read the book, all I could picture was Davy Jones from the Monkees. That's all. Awesome. Really? Yeah. Because that's that's the only instrument he ever played was the tambourine. Yeah. And so, I when I read that book, that's that's who I visualized him looking like is Davy Jones. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, trivia, you know what David Bowie is going I don't. David Jones. Really, it is? And that's why he didn't perform on it, because the monkeys were huge. Gotcha. Yeah. Or Davy Jones Walker. <laughs> 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 he's so he's crazy. He could have yeah. named himself. On right there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Davy Jones Walker. No. Ah, what a missed opportunity. <laughs> he said he called himself Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy Stardust. For quite hey, a while. another example of luck, right? I mean, yeah. He's insanely talented, but his number one hit was a novelty song, right? What was, yeah. what was going on? We were landing on the moon. Yep. Right? So, uh, so uh, you know, ground control and major tunnel. Yeah. So, and that and that, that launched his career. Mm. Uh, yeah. Luck. Now it's weird. Yeah. I, people getting into the music business is just weird now. I don't think it's luck. It's just random you just Craziness. record something on your Mac, and then you just upload it to iTunes. And, and 
You're do honest. something super crazy and silly. And, it kind of reminds me of yeah, the day when people would take their laptops. Yeah, it's, it's the reality to, like, show thing. The I coffee mean, shop to write screenplays like in front of everyone. I'm a screenplay writer. Like they have to do it in public so that people oh I'm an artist yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's I didn't I start, can't write when there's other people around. I, I didn't so start distracted. calling myself an author. It was <laughs> oh. another author that called me that before I even said, Okay, I can call myself that. Nobody I even I've known these people for four years and none none of my regulars know. I mean, a couple of them know I'm a filmmaker just because sometimes I come in and they're like, What yeah. are you speaking of? I won an award But like for the most part Nobody knows they they think that that's that's my life. Just <laughs> Being a bartender is my life. Yeah. Which I love, you know, I love being a bartender. We met, but there's more. <laughs> a lot more. There's yes, a lot more. There is. There's so much I don't have time to do anything. There are many sides to do. Yeah. I have I have witnessed him defending the rights of the people against zombies. That that I was lost. fun. He did oh. lose. Yeah, I lost. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. We'll have a rematch. Yeah. We would have had a rematch at Fanex uh, earlier this year, but then my gallbladder decided to try to kill me. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. couldn't make it. That was not good. Remember yeah. when I missed the show because of my gallbladder? Yes. But mine, mine made it out. Okay. Yeah, he, there. Literally, he was up in the green room just like yeah. laying all over the place. And oh, my somewhat, God. Everyone decided he was like super sick. And nope, he was dying slowly. Gangrenous. Yeah. Gangrenous yeah. gallbladder. This is when you find out who your friends are, by the way. Because all of my friends were tweeting pictures of me. We should go put his hand in warm water. Wasn't Bob Defendi doing it the most? Yeah, yeah. Bob, Bob, Bob was a big culprit. Nathan Shoemate, though. Oh, yeah. As well. Seems like they weren't alone. Yeah. Not mine. Yes, he lived, he survived. Now he's writing more amazing books. And, hey, well, maybe that was, maybe you had to go through that horribleness to get the cool random house and publishing thing. You know, life is a mysterious journey. Karma had to flip over the the other side because you had that much crap. Yeah. I would like to believe that if you absorb (laughs) enough crap, then good things have to happen. I'm not sure I'm that optimistic. I think it's possible. (laughs) You know, there's an uneven distribution of luck, and some people are just going to get crapped on their whole lives, and that's horrible. Yes. And we should feel bad and help them. Well, uh, I agree. I don't know. I, I agree with you completely. I, I mean, I see <laughs> some people that I'm just like, oh, gosh, honey, you are never digging out of that hole. That's just, I mean, just yeah. wave after wave. But, but I have learned through my many, many trials, yeah. it's all about attitude. Um, this well, true, uh, yeah. this guy that came in the bar, he's a professor at UVU the other day, and he was telling me, and I cannot remember the name of the story, but the, the guy who was condemned to roll the rock. Up, Sisyphus. Yes. And he was um, telling me about this lecture that he gave about the, what's the name of the story that they wrote about it? Uh, the guy wrote and used it as an example. Um, huh. it, basically, basically, what he said in the book was, there's nothing you can do about it. You're rolling this rock up the hill mm-hmm. for eternity. Yep. It's going to come back down right as you get to the top every single time. That's life. That's the grind. That's what happens. But when he was condemned to do this for the rest of his life, for the rest of eternity, he wasn't told that he had to roll it a certain way. Mm-hmm. He had to grudgingly roll it. He could skip while he rolled it. He could dance. He could enjoy the thrill of chasing that rock down the hill every time. You know what I mean? 
but he decided to be upset about it. It's not about what happened to you in life. Bad things are going to happen. It's your personal attitude as you're enduring it. So, and so, like, I think that's super important. Yeah, you know what? Horrible stuff happens to some people, and they just can't catch a break. But I think you can catch your own break if you just change your attitude. No, I, I agree. I mean, the, I was told by someone uh, several years ago that he's like, if you are when you're going into a job interview, just before you go into the job interview, turn on some music that pumps you up, and just you know, just whatever the last thing that you accomplish, just hoot and holler about that. Get super excited. You're awesome, and, mm-hmm. and he's like, every time you go in, you'll walk out with a job. Yeah, because your attitude has changed. You think you're you're confident. You're positive. You think you're a winner just because of that one small little, you know, right. thirty seconds to a minute moment or longer, however long you choose. And it changes out the whole attitude because if you're like all grumpy, oh man, another job interview, I'm never going to get a job. They're going to see that. Yeah. And it kind of works in almost anything we do, whether it's writing or, you know, doing the show or making a film or anything. Yeah. Just, it, when life, like after my divorce, out. it just never stopped. It rained and rained and rained and rained and everything kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And it took years, but finally one day I woke up, actually had a, another customer tell me, they just asked me why. Why do you feel that way? Why? You know, and I realized, oh, my gosh, even though my life sucks right now, I'm totally pulling mental, like a victim mentality. And the second I changed my attitude, like, I'm a happy person. My entire life changed completely. And so, yeah, but it does suck. Sorry for the tangent. We just went went deep. I know, right? I'm all like, this show got real serious. I see people all the time. and the whole flip thing. I thought like about D&D or something. (laughs) You can turn that into a DED. And you can call yeah. in right now. Yeah. Roll for seven. <laughs> if your player, player character has syphilis, has typhoid, is slowly being ate by a dragon, hey, there's still a bright side of life. And has a grand. You may have a fireball in your pocket. <laughs> Gangrious. Gangrenous. Gangrenous. Gallbladder. Yes. There is a silver lining. There is a silver lining to everything. you got to humble your diet pretty hard. (laughs) Yeah, I woke up on the operating table and uh, and, uh, sort of coming in and out of my morphine haze. Mm -hmm. We could see the back of a doctor over there on the phone reporting out, and he said, uh, the first thing I heard was, this guy's going to feel so much better, you won't believe the thing we took out of him. (laughs) That's what you want to hear. A surgeon later said it was the worst gallbladder I ever seen in my life. I took pictures of it. I put it on Twitter. Oh yeah, it's nasty. Yeah, the next thing That's you just crazy. say it was an alien. Yeah, yeah. they they digest inside you. It's always terrifying. Your body can just turn on you. Yes. Like seriously. Oh, I said to so the doctor like a hundred years ago, I would have just leaned up against the tree and died. Yeah, and pretty much. Would have known what killed me. He said, yep. Yep. Natural causes. Yep. He died. Who knows? Yeah. Now you can. Now you can be cured of it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. So were you, did, did someone, were you at Comic-Con when it happened and someone took you to the hospital? Um, I, I had just thought I had, a, it was a bad flu season kind of last uh-huh. year, and I thought I had a recurring flu, which is kind of dumb, because of course if you get the flu, you're going to get antibodies. Right. I didn't really think it through. So kind of all winter, I'd every couple, couple hours a week, and then with increasing frequency, I just feel really sick and a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was supposed to fly to Barcelona for work, and it was so bad that my wife finally took me to the uh, emergency room, and um, I had to wait for like an hour and a half, but like within five minutes of seeing me, they said, oh yeah, you got your gallbladder. Oh out. gosh. Wow. So I was done. Right, surgery. Well, <laughs> not you, you were fun. experiencing you different in? symptoms. Yeah. yeah. You were thinking it was a flu. It happens. Yep. All right. So you 
you brought another book here, City of the Saints, and I was reading it as a four-parter. It is. Tell me some more about that. It is. So, so I have like three things to tell you about tonight. We'll talk about the kidnap plot and about the yes. bundle with Rock Band Fights Evil. City of the Saints is sort of, uh, uh, this is, well, here, I'll give you kind of a little pitch, okay? Okay. Uh, the year is 1859. U.S. Army agent Sam Clemens rides west in his amphibious steam truck, the Jim Smiley. Nice. His mission, his mission, civil war is imminent. Everyone knows that his mission is to get the wild Mormon king, kingdom of Deseret into the looming war on the side of the north because they are rumored to have airships as well as phlogiston guns, ray guns. His, uh, his opposite number is Edgar Allan Poe. Poe is believed dead, but in fact travels in disguise as an exhibitor of Egyptian antiquities armed with a canister of flesh-eating scarab beetles. Perfect. Poe is dying of consumption. But even worse than the possibility that the disease may kill him or he might lose to the naive young Sam Clemens is the chance that he'll be defeated by his nemesis, former lover, uh, chief counterintelligence agent of the kingdom of Deseret, Eliza R. Snow. So this is, a, this is an over-the-top um, steampunk adventure spy novel set in Salt Lake City in the year 1859. Uh, this is the whole thing it's self-contained. I wrote this when the idea came to me. I thought, wow. So this is an example we're saying, or I was saying earlier that sometimes, um, sometimes you write a book or you make a movie or you record an album mm-hmm. you don't want to or you think you won't go a major publisher or distributing route because it's too much of a uh, too weird, you know, right. too much your vision. That when I when I had this idea, I said, "Wow, this is a book that I'm going to have a hard time finding a publisher for." Mm-hmm. Um, and so I self-published it in four parts. Uh, but actually, it's done great. In fact, it's uh, being picked up. This is a this is a copy of my self-published first edition, but it's now out of print, and it's wow. a rarity because uh, Wordfire Press is publishing theirs in about uh, in about four weeks. That's awesome. So uh, that was my third thing. The City of the Saints is coming out January 15th is the Wordfire press release date. So excited about that. So did you find you you really kind of like steampunk? Because I mean, you've got two kind of series here now, steampunk. I do. I, you know what I really like doing? I, I like writing history mm-hmm. uh, and twisting it. So even in Rock Band Fights Evil, when you get into book three, what you what you find is, uh, book three is called Crow Jane. Okay. And uh, the, the protagonist is Cain, the biblical Cain, nice. who is a woman okay, and who uh, refused to marry her brother Abel, uh, killed him in self-defense instead and became an immortal outcast, right? Her immortality is tattooed uh, on her face, and she sees her death as a black bird that is always in sight but never within reach. Hmm. Uh, and about a corrupt emissary of heaven who offers her a deal. He will he will help her die if he she can steal back from the band this fragment of Satan's hoof that they've taken. Okay. Uh, that corrupt emissary of heaven turns out to be Pontius Pilate and also the Apostle Paul, the same person. Nice. So I like to take real history and twist it and 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 use it. Um, and that means I've written a couple of steampunk things. There's a lot of real historical characters in here. Yeah. There are Richard Burton and Captain Dan Jones and Brigham Young and, you know, uh, and Mark Twain, Sam Clemens, right? Yeah. Uh, I like steampunk. It's not so much that steampunk is my thing. It's that I like 
history, and mm-hmm. I like playing with history. Okay. Well, and it feels like the way you're explaining it, it feels kind of like a modern day mythology. Like it, it. I love it. Like it does. I saw you perk up when you said Poe. <laughs> you, well, you were just kind of like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I just, I love. No one saw the bit. The yes. idea of people being doing something that it's not exactly wrong. But, you know, it's still not looked in favor. And they're condemned to something worse than death, not living forever and having to deal with watching everyone they love die and all that kind of stuff and never being able to put roots down. And it's just, it's really cool. I love the tattoo idea. I think that's amazing. And, uh, yeah. I like the twist. Awesome. I, I like the twist. <laughs> it sounds really cool. Kane was not a man. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's I like, always love, I, I always love No, I'm not, I'm not marrying my brother. No. Ugh. Yeah. That I that's love pretty this cool. This was this was not a great movie. It was pretty pretty horrible. But just like um, he was Dracula 2000 or whatever. But but they made Dracula. He was condemned to immortality because he was pilot. Oh yeah. Yeah. They have not seen it. That's cool. So it, it's no, he wasn't pilot. Just kidding. He was Jewish. That's right. Oh, he was Jewish. 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 Yeah. And that's. Vampires are allergic to silver. Yes. They paint him in silver for the. No, it, the idea I, is, is, is genius. I loved it. Most but of the movie stunk. Really, I did, but I, I did like that, that twist idea on there. Because I was like, incredible. okay, that makes. I was like, it did make oh, sense why silver is, affects vampires and, and things like that. Like biblical cool. and mythology, yeah. like mixed yeah. it together, and I loved it. Cause I loved that mythology. one. Was cool. Mythology, yeah. and so like. I, just, yeah. I was afraid you were going to talk about the uh, the horrible vampire movie that had um, oh, what was it? Eddie Murphy in it there for a second. So, I don't yeah. even know what that is. Yeah, you don't want to watch it. It's on Netflix, but hey. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that one was forever ago. What one was that? Blo- uh, what's that one called? I can't remember. Was True Blood or no? No, it yeah. was like. Midnight Blood or Virgin? I can't remember. I, I stumbled upon yeah. it like the other, like I was like six school. years like, ago, like and I was like, "Ooh!" And then I was like, "No." <laughs> yeah, it was Vampire in Brooklyn. It's the one with Eddie Murphy. Oh uh, boy! Uh, I completely. I have not seen. Vampire. Was he every? Yeah, character? you don't need to. <laughs> was he every character in crawl? crawl? You don't need to crawl. <laughs> and uh, crawl? Nicholas Cage. Crawl is awesome. You don't like crawl? You don't funny. like crawl? No. Okay, so that's funny. You two are the first people I've ever met in this world who watched the movie. <laughs> it has Liam Neeson in it too. As a as a but works for Benjamin Menace every time you talk crap on him, you're like, it has Liam Neeson. It's in Vampire's it. Kiss. Well, I Vampire's watched, Kiss. I watched the season of Liam Neeson. He, he was one of the best things. How can you not like crawl? And Darth Maul. Crawl's awesome. It is. Like I've never heard anyone talk good about the spider widow, so that's fun. It's amazing. Dude, don't you know? The, head, the, you know, the, the cool right little now. thing. Like, you guys, like, I just think it's funny because Fighting I the never giant heard anyone say alien head. The glaive. Where he was yes, the, the glaive. Yeah. Yeah. It was like red jello. Yes. But, uh, the, uh, that's, that's also, I like it because... It's hey, if you run to Walmart, it's five bucks. Yeah, it's <laughs> if it's still in the bin. Is it in the bin? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's actually it's on the bin shelf. Bin it it has a place on the shelf. Oh, the shelfer. Yes. Oh, it's important. It's uh, you know the the one of the fun things about that 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 uh, that movie lives in the same space as the Thundercats do, right? So think about like you're you're writing the Thundercats. Mm-hmm. You're like, what kind of show are we writing? Is it fantasy? Is it science fiction? Is it horror? The bad guy's a mummy. <laughs> what the hell? 
whatever we want. Our good guys run around in leotards. Yeah. Like a silly comic episode. Like you, whatever you want. I'm just throw it in there. Curls the same yep. way, right? Yeah. You get like lasers, but you also got magic weapons and seers oh, and bad this. guys and aliens. Yeah. A shapeshifter. Yeah. I mean, come on. You've got everything in there. you got like, a princess, a prince. We'll do whatever we want. <laughs> I mean, we can. I like the Thundercat analogy. That that yeah. works perfectly. You wow. okay? We have to do, watch this. I'm totally fine. I'm just. I'm we will sit really down. So makes me happy. We, we should. Really you know, like we could kind of do like a riff track type thing of that show. Uh, you, girl. me, Jared, Jessica. Awesome. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. This is crazy. This could be awesome. Wait, what about this? Have you seen? Uh, have you seen the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai? Oh, I love that show. <laughs> what? Oh, that's no. awesome. Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. That's an old Bonsai one. Across the eighth dimension. Yes. Yeah. Remo Williams. Remo Williams, <laughs> the adventure begins. Oh, the adventure continues. Yeah. Called, isn't it? Yep. You're not the only one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where he runs across the concrete. Yep. John Lithgow's on Yep. John Lithgow, yeah. He's the bad guy. Dr. Emilio Lizardo. <laughs> Home is where you hang your hat. No, where you wear your hat. That's the line. Home yes. is where you wear your hat. And we got to get some shows. Some movies that you can watch, yeah. That has an astonishing Jack Goldblum's in yeah. there. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. The thing about that movie isn't the cast of the script. It has the, the most astonishing sort of a range of one-liners, just subtle, fast. If you're not paying attention, you, you miss, miss them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did you see that picture? <laughs> the picture you're showing there? The thing on the tall oh, yeah. tables with the uh, fog. That is awesome. That's from inside the uh, that's inside really the cool. the red Lectroids battleship. Really? That's uh, super cool. I love that set. Or no, that's the black Lectroid. That's the Emperor John. They're all named John. What's her last name? I can't remember. Okay, uh, it's been a while. Every now and then, if you pay John attention, it'll sh- that'll John show up on uh, John on Netflix. Show. That's shown up on Netflix John a couple times. Buckaroo yeah. Banzai. That's on Netflix. It has. It's shown up a couple times. Oh, yeah. Cool. I'll have to check it out. If not, I was like, I'll find it somewhere. You can stream it online. It's on the yeah. Netflix. Share it online. I'm sure you can find it on yeah. Amazon. Yeah. For not that expensive. It, it it's really weird what movies are like super expensive and which ones are not like Phantom Menace right now for DVD is 98 bucks well of course because it it, it makes it no sense peaked interest yeah it's like Star Wars is about to come back and everyone's like, like oh I gotta watch thing. all of them yeah. no, have you guys ever noticed like there's so many movies that like win Oscars Academy Awards mm-hmm. and stuff like that and then like the next year they're all in the bargain do you guys oh, yeah. that like Monster and uh, oh, yeah. like yeah. all these different movies that were I mean they're just well, this is. I think they're just too heavy and artsy. Well, and, and not, this is kind of the thing because the academy system is broken. I know several people talking to me about it. That it, it's just broken because it's it's kind of a, it's a it's a club. It's a special club that you're in, and it's hard to get into. And then all those people kind of have the same ideas, and then they vote well, on what they think is good, but they don't think outside the box. And it has to. If it may, it it so makes you uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. if it makes you uncomfortable, you're a bad person because yeah. these are the real issues. Yeah. I hate that. I hate being told this is normal, and if you don't want this to win an award, yeah. you're racist or you're homophobic or you're this. Well, I mean, what if it's just not a good movie? What if you just don't like it? I mean, look how big and popular Star Wars is, and yet the only Academy Award it's won is for John Williams' score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, this is the Hugo controversy. Yeah, it is, it is the Hugo thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
No, the Hugo Award. Oh my gosh. No, Hugo the movie. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that. <laughs> but the Hugo Award is kind of the same situation. Yeah. We can't yeah. talk about that. That's a that's a painful place. So we're gonna talk about the movie. Okay. Hugo that one movie. didn't win anything, and that was amazing. Hey, I'm happy we were nominated. I don't care. Yeah, I'm proud of you guys. Well done. Yeah. I voted for you. Good job. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't win. Who cares? Yeah. Okay. You've said it too many times. And people are starting to worry. I'm still awesome enough that we got the nomination. Yeah, you. That's a, you're all awesome. Yes. Yay. Yay. That is still pretty cool. It is. It's something to be proud of. It's incredibly cool. It gives me an awesome platform for my book. Yeah, there we go. So, <laughs> Hugo Award nominee. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Do I get to say that too? Yes. Yeah. You're on the show. Okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah. Take it. Take it. Better stick around for a couple yes. more episodes than if I'm going to do that. Like, get her on a t-shirt. You'd be like, what's that? I'd be like, I wasn't here for it, but I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Your spirit was... I'm awesome because of association, and I'm here later. Yes. Half the battle. Yeah, it works. Association. You know, it makes me feel any better. Half of the, the funny that we have inside of us comes from you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, and yeah. Because you've been our best friend. My name doesn't even show up. Since you were 15. Seriously? Yeah. Okay, we need to smack Jerry on that one. Sometimes she's like, oh, I forgot. I know, I'm always like, you did again? (laughs) I was there the whole time. Should be at the very beginning. Uh, McKay. I know, it's so funny how when you're you're doing stuff like that, you're so worried that you're going to offend someone they won't want to work with you again. So you forget your best friend. (laughs) Over and over (laughs) again. Ah, he'll forgive me. He hasn't left okay. me yet. <laughs> so, so we need to convince Jared that next time when the credits roll, you know, like the Superman <laughs> sweep, this comes up, <laughs> McKay. <laughs> McKay didn't even help with this one. <laughs> what what <laughs> he was there in spirit. Yeah. He didn't help this one, but well, all my other hey, films. That's what the title executive producer means. This person had nothing to do with the film, but he's a buddy of the main star. <laughs> Sweet. And he, gave and he money. has money. He was like, I gave Jared money. Hey, give him a buck. You did it. Hey, you got him a wife. You got him a wife. Hey, you got him a wife. How much do you think you're worth? Gave him that. That's true. You did introduce us. That is that is executive producer quality (laughs) material there. I'm like, we're good for your next three films, right? Yeah. Yeah. Three. That's under budgeting yourself. Uh, Come on. Jared's going somewhere. I think think you're a lifer. You're a a lifer in the credits. You may even thank you one day on stage. I doubt it. That'd be cool, though. You could be up there <laughs> with us. I wouldn't have gotten this award without McKay. Without McKay. And yeah. Jessica. Oh, yeah. Oh, he wouldn't have gotten it at all without me. I'm not even going to be modest here. Well, I know that. I'm just saying, <laughs> putting you after. Because he's, yeah, he's lacked on that. It's not that he doesn't have the talent. No, that's just the structure. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the hardest challenges you find for writing? Because... You you have a job, you have family. Yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, it's uh, it's it's tough to make time, and it's tough to make time consistently, and it's tough to have the energy. So I I started doing this in 2010. Something really great happened in 2010, mm-hmm. which was I got fired. Awesome. Yeah, I can't I can't awesome. have that happen, but yeah, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> but it, you know, it, it, it happened like this though, right? It matters how it happened. Uh, I had left a very large company for a startup. Mm-hmm. Then the large company bought startup. Oh. And I knew they were going to fire me. Uh, but the startup needed me to finish the transaction. Mm-hmm. And so the startup put me on a list of people, gave me a contract, and said, if you get fired after they 
acquisition, you'll get paid some money. Oh, okay. So they fired me, and they paid me two and a half years salary. Oh, nice. Awesome. Holy cow. And I kind of was, for a few months, I was kind of seeing this coming, trying a little listless, a little directionless, what should I do? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and a friend of mine said, what are you talking about? You always want to be a writer as a kid. Go, go write. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people do this. They say, I'll take a year off and write a novel, and instead they, they learn more about wine, right, for yeah. a year, and then they go back and get a job. Well, I really wrote. Uh, and I picked up an agent, uh, and I was super productive for about two years. Uh, and it's actually, I got to tell you, it's not hard. Uh, if if that is your day job, right? That's fine. You take the kids to school. You sit down. You write twelve pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you get time for your social media, and you write your blog posts, and you do your researching and some networking, and right, mm-hmm. no problem. Yeah, great job. Um, I didn't make enough money during that two years to keep going. So I'd come back and, in fact, uh, not only a job, but a, a new career. So I had to wrap up on doing something entirely new. Uh, and it is hard. It's hard to find the time. It's really hard. You can tell yourself, I'm going to go work. Mm-hmm. I'm a corporate trainer. So yesterday, I woke up in a hotel outside of Nashville. I went into a big office building, and I taught an eight-hour class to Nissan employees about business acumen. Okay. It's really hard at that point when you haven't slept very much and you're an introvert like me and you spend eight hours teaching people how to read a P&L and understand, you know, the cash flow statement to then sit down and write. Yeah. Just need your alone time for I need my alone time. Yeah. So, um, so actually the first sort of year or so of me in this job, I basically got no writing done. Not literally none, but I kind of squeezed mm-hmm. out a couple of short stories. This year has been much better. I basically nice. Been, Three books this year, and uh, ooh, I don't know, three or four short stories as well. That's pretty good for a guy with a significant day job. Yeah, you know, uh, that is the hard thing. That is the hard thing. So, do you feel like because I have this problem sometimes? I sometimes you just don't feel creative, mm-hmm. but you have a deadline. What What do you do to kind of push yourself into the creativity? Do you just kind of start writing and? It comes back. Have you kind of, I guess, um, grease your wills and open, yeah. open your imagination up, or like, what do you do? I feel like I write crap when I'm under the gun. Like, uh, you have to write. You know, I feel like it's kind of. I wake up and you know, go throughout my day. I have two kids. I have a full time job and yeah. all this other stuff. And, and when I have time, it's like. I just want to sit down and I just want to have a cup of coffee and I just want to relax, you know, but if I'm told, okay, look, you have to write, it's going to be crap because I am exhausted and I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm more stressed out about the kids are going to be off in 10 minutes. I've got to help them with their homework. I've got to start dinner, like all that kind of stuff. And it's just the, the luster is kind of lost in the writing. Yeah. And how do you deal, like, how do you deal with that being, knowing that you have to write, today yeah you know what i mean like what do you do to kind of ease yourself into it and still be able to hold on to your creativity so that's a good question uh have you ever felt like that uh, all the time all the time and i'm not always successful in combating the feeling you know sometimes you lose the fight uh i think it's easiest when you do it habitually it is easy to Mm -hmm. do it but it's easier to do it five days a week honestly, than to do it two days a week. Right. Yeah. 
Because if you say, oh, all i got to do is write two chapters this week, then on Monday it's super easy to go, oh, today won't be my writing day. And yeah. on Tuesday you're like, today won't be my writing day. Oh, sure, just like and you get to Friday and you say, tomorrow I'll write double. Yeah. No. Yeah. If, you, if you're going to write every day and you know um, I, I'm going to write 10 pages today, you sit down and tell you write 10, 10 pages. I usually review the last chapter I wrote before I write the current one. I find that gets me going. I think Mehdi Ivy, Mehdi Harrison talked about. It helps the tone, too. Yeah. I feel I like sometimes mm-hmm. you start writing if you haven't read everything that you've written or the last chapter, just depending on the day that you're having, the feelings that you're feeling, it can change the tone of your writing just a little bit. Yeah. And it makes it feel much more fluid and consistent if you back and reread things. And I guess you're right. It, it does kind of get your engine going when it comes to writing and remembering parts of the story that you want to put in. Yeah, the challenge is it takes more time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Mandy Harrison has a similar trick I've heard her tell people, which is that she writes the beginning or maybe it's just the next sentence of the new chapter. It doesn't, doesn't never stop for the day on the chapter end. I think that's a similar trick. That's a really good idea. To look at it and, and, and get jump-started by, oh yeah, that's how I wanted to start this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um also, you know, Stephen King, uh, On Writing is a pretty good book. It's not a great book. It's a pretty good book. I have that book. I'm on, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I feel guilty. It's, he says some good stuff. He also says some crap. <laughs> like, you read it and he goes, the only appropriate dialogue tag is said. Never anything else. Just said. And then you read a Stephen King book and you're like, he doesn't take his own advice. Yeah. yeah. So if much inner really, mom. That's really what I was talking about. It, <laughs> People wouldn't always be using that dialogue. He doesn't yeah. really believe it. He just wrote this when he was really excited about the writings of Leonard Elmore. Right? Okay, fine. But still, he says some interesting stuff. Um, one of the one of the things in there is is uh, you, you really can. This is true, I think. When you're writing, you're not the best judge of whether what you're writing is good or not. And okay. sometimes when you're just forcing it out, and it feels like ah. And I'm just painting by numbers, and I just I know I gotta write ten pages, and it has to end with the hammer hitting the porcelain bowl of the toilet. So I'm just making it happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, actually, what you're coming up with is good, and you won't really know until later. So, um, so that's sort of a piece of perspective I think that helps me keep that. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, when you're writing something, you see the whole story. You see every little piece. You know every little character. You know every in and out. Mm-hmm. But you forget sometimes that they have no idea what's going on in your head. Yeah. And so if they can't get it from that, you're... Well, I mean, definitely <laughs> consistency is a good thing because in the, in the summer when I was writing, because I had a lot more free time, I wasn't as... It wasn't as heavy influence with work. It's kind of our slow time. I mean, I was kicking it out. You know, I've spent more t- time trying to write this short story than I had with the whole novel because I, I you know, I'm super busy at work. I don't feel creative. I, I get off work and I just want to take a break, but you know, there's just days where I'm like, okay, I, I'm trying to force it out and it's not coming. I can tell mm-hmm. it's crap, yeah. but I'll still write. And then the next day when I, I'll sit down and I'll go back over that, I'm like, okay. And then I start changing everything. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after I, after I'm getting through, then I can kick out another extra thousand words because I have at least some semblance of an idea there. And even if it isn't great, I can go back, correct that, fix it. And then I'm in that zone and I keep moving forward. That's, yeah. that's at least what I've been doing. I mean, yeah. Edit the chapter before, write yeah. the new chapter. Yeah. That, that helps pretty me. much it. What I can do with that makes me, that works for me. Yeah. Hmm. First one I did, I just kicked it all out. I just had to keep writing. You know, I had a word goal every day, and I had to make that goal. Yeah. You know? And then after a while, that goal just kept getting bigger because, you know, at first it was 600 words a day. 
you know, that wasn't too hard. And then I noticed I kept writing more and more, and then I, I at least did a minimum of a thousand. So creative life is hard. It is. People don't understand. You know, especially it, with the day job. Doing, yeah. You know, I'm sitting here writing, and I hear this, you know, this knock at the door. I'm like, what? Can we go? Can we go fight with swords? I'm like, sure, go. No, we want to fight with you. I'm like, but I'm like, oh, I know. I'm like right in the middle of a cool battle. I'm like, should I write another 300 words? You know. I, I got a bargain with my life. Yeah. That's um, exactly right. You make deals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You make you make deals. Yeah. Uh, I think Piers Anthony actually this is a sort of famous one. Um, set out to make a living as a writer, and the deal with his wife was he could keep doing it if he made a pro sale the first year. Hmm. And they like a literal bargain. Wow. Well, that's terrifying. And, like and, he said, and he luck. made it right at the end. Did he? Oh wow. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll just be happy if anything I get gets published and someone else reads it, and that's just cool. I mean, I'm not banking on it. I don't. But yeah, no, you know, we're gonna read it. You'll like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it has to get published. You can. Radio show promoting. I was yes. gonna say you have to send one to every author's book you've ever read and review for the show. <laughs> they have to read it. They owe you one. But then they're going to be on There are some large people. It should it should work that way. Yeah. It should. Well, I mean, unfortunately, the way it really works is you go around helping lots and lots of people, yeah. and and sometimes sometimes they pay you back. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes it helps them a little bit, and they come back yeah. and do a ton for you. And you're like, oh, that's yeah. amazing. Well, I mean, oh, no, sometimes you like with my first one, my first <laughs> manuscript. See, I I sent it out to oh, a few. Carmen. One of those was Jason. And Jason loved it. Cool. Jason King. Yeah, Jason Our King. Our friend Jason King. And that's why he's like, hey, do you want to write for the short story compilation? So he apparently, I have enough cred from that <laughs> to write in the short story. Because, you know, Dave's in it and Get that street uh, several other people. Yeah, James Wymore. James Wymore. Yeah. Jason is. Sarah Seeley. Uh, uh Matt, the guy that wrote it in three days. Yeah. That made us all look horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You made someone else look horrible tonight. I did. They're still, still in their secrets about how they haven't even started yet. Oh, he did. I did. Oh, Sarah okay. Seeley oh, okay. is awesome. Okay. She, she, is she was writing something else. So, to be she fair, was she was finishing. It's not like she was just sitting there like me. She lost her hard drive. Dude. Yeah, we lost the hard drive on the laptop this last week. Uh, we Ooh. lost ours too. Yeah, Sorry. nightmare. But yeah, Christmas projects. Really quick, mm, not good. before we end, because yes. we have like five minutes, yes. I have to bring up um, for everyone that yeah. watched The Flash this past week. I didn't watch it, sorry. So I have not watched it, but I, I have watched Green Arrow, or Arrow. Yes. Arrow. 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 And isn't The Flash a spinoff of that? Yes. Yes. It's like, it's yeah. The and, and they're, yeah. Maybe, yeah. you know, they do well, yeah, we'll crossover like four crossover episodes, I think. Yes. Uh, the, 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 the trickster. The DC heroes of tomorrow will start in January. The trickster? Yes. Mark Hamill. Yes. Luke Skywalker Amazing. himself. Amazing. Yeah, so, so you know he did the he played the Joker. trickster. Uh, he played the trickster in the original Flash series from yeah. the nineties. And, and, and he did the Joker. And they did the Joker forever. voice in the cartoon. Now he's and actually in it. Like, dude, he's creepy. He is certifiable. Yep. He should win a guest a guest appearance award, which they do for the Oscars. But I mean, he is. I think he was actually nominated last year, but for his role as the trickster. But I mean, he is amazing. He made the well like, and. So they're going to be doing the animated, the DC animation version of The Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. pro- is the creepiest Joker storyline, and Mark Hamill will be doing the Joker That's voice. That's so That's cool. Because awesome. he said no more, but he's coming back for that. And well, they're trying to get Kevin Conroy to come back for Batman's voice. From being the trickster. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone loved him. He he was 
I'm wondering how is it going to be crazy Luke Skywalker <laughs> then? Well, it, like Luke, I'm sorry, but <laughs> Luke Skywalker, and he's got the hobo great, beard too. So he hey. was not a great actor in Star Wars, no. but it's just amazing seeing yeah. how much you can grow once you become a crazy older man. Yes. Also, for those of you out there, uh, Gamers In is doing a cash and guns tournament this week. Or excuse me, on what? Tuesday, December fifteenth. Guns. Bringing your cash. Cash and guns. It's an awesome board game. <laughs> So pretty much, you're a bunch of robbers. There's loot on the table, and you literally point guns at each other. And you have you have so you a bunch of blank. They're foam guns in the foam game. Guns, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, this is a game I picked up a couple years ago at Gen Con. It is lots of fun. Uh, okay. Literally, you're holding guns, and you have like blank bullets oh, or real okay. bullets, and then you have you pick what it is. They're cards. They're cards. Oh. Yes. I'm not, not I mean, I'm a real, nerd, but I'm yeah. not I'm not And so pretty yet. much you have to you have to choose if you're going to bow out and not take any loot or risk getting shot. And if you get shot three times you're dead, or if you get shot you can't take any loot. So they got uh this going on on December fifteenth at seven, the seventh Thursday the seventeenth at seven, uh, and then Saturday the nineteenth at one PM and that then the uh, the final uh will be on the the nineteenth at two o'clock. So uh, for those in the tournament, they will receive a Cthulhu character for the game, which is specialty. That's not part of the normal book game. And there's going to be other prizes, including specialty and guns. And yes, we're getting talked about by the British lady. So, um, and then Santa Claus is coming to Gamers Inn on the 19th as well from 3 to 4. Oh, and there's also X-Wing every Thursday. But every first, Thursday? First and third Tuesday of the month. Oh. And you can run out and go at Amazon, pick up Dave's books. Or um, Storybundle. Or Storybundle. Story yes. Slash new Worlds. You're going to get a really get awesome, awesome collection. Yeah. Uh, $15, 30 <laughs> That's amazing. So uh, with that said, we've got some really cool stuff. We've got videos out there. We have the video of Manu Bennett that just rolled out today from uh, Comic-Con. We talked to Mr. Deathstroke himself from Arrow, um, which was really cool. Um Probably the first interview I've ever done where I was super imi- uh just he's intimidating. Yeah. I mean he keeps he's right in your face with his hands in that and I had to literally consciously keep myself from bending backwards because he kept getting closer and closer. But uh check it out, it was lots of fun. So uh and where can what's your website so they can uh davidjohnbutler.com. Okay. There it is. They, uh, they you can follow him, he's on Facebook, Twitter as well. And, and Star yes, Wars is a week away. It is next Woo! week. And hopefully we won't be bashing. So uh, we will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Gentle. Star Wars. What? <laughs>